Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. and fire podcast i am sir matt the bud knight and i am Sir the watchful welcome to follow-up friday uh it is august 17th and we're back yes back so. with another follow-up friday uh show we do every week where we answer your guys ravens theories questions crazy uh, tinfoil stuff uh rabbit hole situations mm-hmm. fun comments discouraging yeah. remarks yeah <laughs> what we just we take them all we take it all yeah so, so kind of like barrick you know yeah barrick and darren who we, he we just were just keeps taking it yeah we were watching some uh we were watching a clip <laughs> we always watch a clip before the show to kind of get pumped and we just watched the one of uh barrick and darren get resurrected after he yeah. loses the hound yeah and sir matt actually uh so barrick and is my favorite character and he asked me a really good question he's just like how good can Barrick be? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's getting killed. Like, like, he just gets killed like, all the time. Like in the, in the show, in the book, those, it's pretty similar, but it's a little bit. Yeah. it's a little bit different. In the in the show, he's like, he asks Thoris and Mary, and he says, "How many times have I been brought back?" He's like, five, six. Yeah, and I lost count. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. Like, like wow, you're really not uh, holding up too well, are you? There? Yeah. So that's funny. All so. righty. Well, uh, sir, Ezra, how's it how's it going? Uh, it's going well. Uh, back to school. It's been busy and. Um, exciting though it's a new start so mm-hmm. you know really busy i mean it crazy for me we you know, I just sold the place and then kind of settled down here for a bit and then uh back to school and then looking for a new place you know wow, yeah. it's just kind of wild i just uh just put in my notice at work yeah, d- things are changing around here mm-hmm. you know i will um, say um i was i was on another podcast earlier yeah. this earlier this week uh for some other projects and um they podcast online so it's kind of mm-hmm. cool to see because we we've done it before, right? Just differently, and the way they do it is so much easier. So I'm actually so yeah. much more pleased about about our show going forward. Now that I've oh kind of got, we've got that technical detail a little more straightened yeah, out. Yeah, because you learned some good uh, tips there. And yeah, because we'd always done it one way before, and so it's just uh, yeah should make wanna, it easier. Yeah, make it easier. Keep that quality as high as possible. So. That's right. We know what you expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. guys, we're just always working on the show. I came over today. And I was, <laughs> I think I blew, yeah. uh, so I was like, whoa, man. I was like, I have like pages of notes. Right. That I was yep. just reading and all over the place this week. So that was great. Are we going to go over some of those notes? You know, they may, they may come up. Okay. All right. They, they make, they may come up. We'll see. I like but. it. All right. All right. Well, uh, trivia winner once again, back on top. So Robbie of Newcastle, the trivia was, what is the sigil of house Martell? And it is a, uh, it's like an orange, orange shield with a spear going through the sun. Yeah, yeah. I just had to use your uh, your adjectives there just to describe that. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, we had a lot. Of, we had a lot of people enter. Um, but I will say this: Sir Robbie t- told me, he said, "I'm going on vacation." 
Oh no! Two weeks. There we go. It's, so it's wide open. It's open. <laughs> it's open. If you're listening and you're like, "Oh, yeah. I can't get to," no, you can. Mm-hmm. Lady Kelsey we, had told me that uh, she had gotten up early the day we the day we forgot trivia. Wow. Yeah. So maybe we will have to make it up and we'll do two trivia questions. Actually, do two trivia questions. I mean, let's just call that the day that shall not be named. You yeah. know, something like that. I don't know. I mean, we should start with one. Right, yeah, we. I mean, we're not going to start with one this episode. No, no. But no. we actually have it in the notes, so we're not going to forget. We're it. not going to forget it. Yeah, we got so. it. So. so, all right. Well, we'll say we got a lot of new. We got we have a lot of new patrons, which is always awesome. Working on your guys' sigils, um, Sir James Hunter, man. I know, solid. He, he is he is hitting us up left and right with I love emails it. and everything. It's awesome. We have the group going. Yep. Um, some people were. Uh, I bought a Lannister shirt. I think I kind of uh, may, may have. Threw some people off. I think I did. I think it cost us some listeners. You might have. I don't know. There was there was a couple saying they were all about it. So you know, I support all the great houses. Yeah, yeah, you do. You know, I'm gonna need to uh, speak with your brother a little bit too. I didn't realize. I kind of forgot that he is a big Lannister guy. You've mentioned that before. He is, yeah. You know, and he's hopping in the group there, just getting after it. Yeah. Here you know, trying roll. to rock the boat. He's like, so. hey, Tyrion, man. A lot of people. Jamie is his favorite character, though. I think. So. Yeah, and I, and I, he likes I see Tywin it. a lot too. Yeah, yeah. I see that. Jamie's actually really cool. Yeah, anti heroes. I'm a big, big fan of uh, anti heroes. So right. Um, all right. Well, sir, so we want to go ahead and uh, jump into here to some ravens and theories. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. We got a lot to get to today. This will um, be a long episode. Yeah, going to be a long one. So we're not even going to list off. Uh, all the names of the Ravens we have because we're not sure if we can get to them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we will see how we do on time. Yeah. So, okay. Um, hey guys, love the show. This is uh, from our our uh, our good Hedge Knight buddy uh, uh, James Hunter. Um, this is a new Hedge Knight, and thought it would, he would attempt to send us a Raven. All right, glad, very glad. Uh, I'm show heavy right now, uh, but you guys are are uh, are fixing that, which is that's great. So getting more into the books. Um, he's been into the Stark Endgame, uh, this whole, you know, um, he's been into the whole Endgame theory with the Starks, like where they're going. Right. Um, it's clear that the path of the Broken Horn um, kind of leads back to Winterfell, in his yeah. opinion. Okay? So I like that. Um, so after Sam fixes the horn, do you think it's possible that the horn is meant to be blown in the crypts of Winterfell, releasing all the dead Starks or something else bigger? Uh, which might then collapse the city of quote winter fell end quote mm-hmm. thoughts yeah sir matt and actually he has a he has a follow-up too maybe i should read that yeah too. go ahead yeah okay because he has a follow-up here um to that first raven and uh it's it's more kind of a this is gonna get we'll, we'll talk book and show mm-hmm. um but i think his second follow-up here is more uh based on the show yeah gotcha um so in the first season when danny hatches her eggs and has a vision of um, old dead kings, uh, which when I talk to different people um, about that, basically that, that clip, uh, they think or believe that it's old Targaryen kings or gods of some kind. I was watching a clip, um, a clip of the cup that Joffrey drinks from at his wedding, so like a mm-hmm. close-up of that. And um, let's see, so uh, from his wedding to the Tyrells, to the Tyrell girl, um, that had every house sigil and their gemstone on the cup, and under the Stark sigil, there was a pearl. Uh, the ghost that Danny saw in her vision had been described as having pearl eyes. Is it possible that those dead Stark kings, instead of Targaryen, are? I'm sorry. Is it possible that those are dead Stark kings instead of the uh, Targaryen kings that a lot of people believe that they may be? 
Um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, the other question here is, does she have to blow the horn, uh, or does it end up in uh, Danny Azura High, a.k.a. Azura High, uh, and the, uh, or does it end up that Danny right. is Azura High and that the dragon is Lightbringer? Theory, which he, does, which he is not a fan He's of. He's not a fan of that. You know, and actually, so today we're talking a lot about Azura High and we're talking a lot about Lightbringer. Um, so we have a lot of different Ravens uh, today about that. So we have a lot to discuss on that. But quickly, Sir Matt, um, your initial thoughts. Yeah, you know, there's definitely something. Um, I don't think, like you said, in the show, I don't think we're not going to see the Horn of Winter. Um, because a lot of people think that the Horn of Winters could bring down the wall. That's kind of what we're led to believe when um, they're talking about, you know, Mance Raider, and they were searching these mm-hmm. uh, crypts of, like, old uh, wildling kings. Right. Um, but, yeah, the, this this Winterfell thing, a lot of people feel like there's a lot. A lot to that. A yeah. lot to that. And a lot. Of, there's also, is there something in the Winterfell crypts? Winterfell's built on a hot spring. Mm-hmm, is right. that just a good place for it to be? That's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because um, they let you know about it early on in that Catelyn chapter we had read where yeah. she talks about the walls. She likes to run her hands on the walls. Because they're warm. Because they're warm, right? Yeah. And she's, you know, she's from she's from the south. So I, I don't know. Somebody had mentioned something a while back possibly about um, what if Lightbringer is down in the crypts? Uh, maybe it's in like maybe like Liana's. Like, why is Liana have a tomb there? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's a lot to it. Um, I don't know. It's all possible. Yeah. There, I, like in the in the show, I think the whole win- Winterfell. I don't know, but in the books, man, it could be because it's the idea. I think the the literal like Winterfell here. Right. Here is the place where Winterfell, you know, and. Uh, it's 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 one of those either it will fall here again, right? Uh, you know if it's kind of this this uh, cycle that we're that we're having, it, it fell before here and it will fall here again. Or you know there's some power there in in Winterfell, you right? Know, so maybe there's something magical about like the water there, that hot spring that it's built on. Because in the show, at least it seems like the Night King can't cross water. Yeah, or they're nervous about it, right? Because right. Yeah, 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 because remember they're nervous about they don't they don't just immediately oh, yeah. rush them when they're on the lake. Oh yeah, and they also don't seem to go into the water at hard home. Right. Yeah. So maybe maybe it was that hot spring. Maybe like that was a trap, and they lured, mm-hmm. or they have something trapped there. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Good thought. Yeah. So. Um. Okay, yeah, I think, though, you know, we've got more thoughts here. Uh, we've got a lot more thoughts on Azura High and Lightbringer, though. Yeah, we have a, we have talking a, about. Uh, Lord Adam Parker sent us a an enormous theory on Lightbringer. Right. Sam the Hammer did as he well. He also sent us an enormous uh, theory on dragons, which we still going to have to put off. Yeah. Because yeah, this Lightbringer one's too, it's too big, too. Right, and it was kind of a common theme. Not too big. It's not a problem. It's awesome. Yes, yeah, oh, yeah, it's absolutely. Be, it's, this episode, we have a lot of Lightbringer questions, so right. save yep. on that one. Uh, okay, so let's see here. Let's let's uh, just dive into the next one real quick. Um, oh my goodness, I'm trying to remember who this was from. I think this was. Uh, uh, let me go back real quick. I like to get this mog. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was actually kind of a funny way uh, to put that. So, new Raven Sender, I believe. Is it new? Yeah. Let me see because I want to. I want to get the name right. Um, it's like it's Mog of Lannisport. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty cool. I thought that was actually kind of funny because right. it's like the like the like the turnkey, mm-hmm. you know, um, that Tyrion gives the gold to. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
type of situation. So, okay, uh, you want to read this one, sir, Matt? Sure. <sighs> My lords, I have just started listening to the cast, and I am uh, absolutely in love. I have binged five episodes already. I appreciate the depth that you two go into and your ability to entertain and analyze uh, any and all theories. Forgive me if I'm bringing up something that you have already discussed in detail. But real quick, I want to stop there. We get a lot of people that say that. Yeah. They say, hey, forgive me if you guys have already talked about this. No. Nah, we'll talk about There's it. no need. There's nothing to forgive. Yeah, there's nothing there's to nothing forgive. There's nothing to forgive. Yes. <laughs> Trust me, we'll go back over <laughs> theories left and right. Yep, yep. Um, but I find that Jamie Lannister, I find Jamie Lannister to be the most interesting character in the Song of Ice and Fire. Gurr is amazing at character development, and I think uh, the Kingslayer is one of his masterpieces. Mm-hmm. Everyone starts out in the shows or the books hating him. He is arrogant and hateful, and he sleeps with his sister. Yeah. And before we have time to even process his uh, shittiness, he has thrown a child out of a window. Yeah. But uh, as the story goes on, we realize that there is way more to his actions than first appear. He loved um, his love and commitment to his sister is actually quite endearing. And he keeps his true and heroic motivation for killing the Mad King humbly close to himself. My favorite fan theory is that Jamie and Cersei may be bastards of the Mad King. It certainly makes sense given Cersei's likeness to the Mad King, um, s- selfish ambition to rule and crush all who oppose him. Let us not forget Cersei actually succeeds in carrying out the Mad King's wildfire fire plot to burn down King's Landing. Um, that's in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, right. where he, yeah. She destroys the, uh, the Sept of Baelor. Um, really uh, beautiful irony considering st- uh, stopping this plot was the reason Jamie killed him, the mm-hmm. Mad King. Yep. Um, furthermore, if Jamie is a Targaryen, this would mean he, uh, he could be the prince that was promised. I read somewhere a while ago that um, one possible translation of Azor High is the Golden Hand. If this isn't a reference to Jamie, then I don't <laughs> know what is <laughs> exactly. Um, but it is the most compelling evidence for this theory uh, is the story of Lightbringer. I always thought it was interesting how Azor High um, secondly had to drive his sword through the heart of a lion when attempting to forge Lightbringer. I mean, Gurr has created this, uh, this fantasy world with magic and sorcery and dragons, and he chooses a lion of all things. That just so happens to be the house sigil of the Lannisters. Let us not forget that lastly... Um, he had to drive a sword through the heart of a woman he loves. I think everyone is expecting Jamie to be the one to kill Cersei in season eight. Um, it would just so happen that killing Cersei would meet both requirements needed to forge Lightbringer since she is um, his true love and a lion of Lannister. Sorry to make this Raven so long, but I would love to hear you guys riff on this one for a while. Yours always, um, uh, Ma, or is it Morg? Yeah, Morg. Morg, yeah, yeah Morg, turnkey of Lannisport. Yeah. Um, P.S. How awesome would it be if Tyrion was the only true Lannister? Lord Tywin would roll in his golden grave. Yes, he would. Yeah, you know. Yes, also, you could argue that Jamie, the Jamie we know now, was born amidst salt and smoke, right? Because he gets his hand cut off, yeah. And then it's when Kyburn is kind of, um, working on him. Working on him. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to clean it and mm-hmm. stuff like that too. So. Yeah, kind of reborn in a sense there, and you see a shift in his character, you know, and, uh, and and stuff. So I mean, kind of going through a trial like that, you can you can hit a low spot and right. then be, you know, in a sense reborn. Right. Um, he's also the Kingslayer, which the idea of him k- being the Kingslayer, well, he's k- killed the Night King. Right. Yeah. 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 We've talked about that. Um, I think you have mentioned this this to me before, whether it was on the show or. Uh, outside of it, the idea that Jamie, you know, would fulfill two, you know, of yeah. the 
of the three by killing his sister here, you know, um, mm-hmm. to forge Lightbringer. Uh, so, yeah, it's 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 interesting. I I don't know. I, I uh, again, I think it's one of those things. Like, okay, so the original forging of Lightbringer to me, you know, was sort of like a trial and error. Like right. we were working on it. Uh, we didn't get it right. Mm-hmm. We didn't get it right, and then finally we have to, you know, right. Uh, you know, run it through the heart of someone that we love, right? right? And uh, so finally, that's how it's forged. But do you need? So my question is: Do you need to do all three of those things? Don't know. So it is such an old. I'm with you though. It does to me seem kind of like a trial and error. Actually, if you go back and you, if you're familiar with uh, Attila the Hun, similar type of a thing where he kind of like gets the sword forge and it like takes a while and like works like all yeah. these days on it or whatever. And then it eventually breaks and he kind of loses his power and right. right whatever but it's similar that's the first thing i think of when i think of lightbringer that's probably where Ger drew some inspiration yeah, from he he's thrown he's drew inspiration from a lot of european yep. history yep yeah, that's a good one um yeah so you're with me on the the idea that it's you know originally and again that's an old prophecy something passed yeah, down and i and maybe. i had, i had said i had said a while back i'm sure it's other people have said it as well is to me it makes less sense that Tyrion is a is a um targaryen I mean, I like the idea. The Tyrion Targaryen theory is great, and it makes they all make sense. But um, I I do kind of agree here with this Raven in that if it was actually it's the betting night, right, is where we specifically know that the Mad King wanted to take liberties, or it says yeah. did take liberties. Yeah, 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 yeah. So theoretically, yeah. you know, Tyrion would come later. Right, exactly. And Tywin, to me, seems like the smart enough guy that he's not going to... If, if it happens once, it's not going to happen again. Right. Yeah, so yeah. if it so if the Mad King were ever to take liberties, it would be on that betting night. And that would make more sense for Jaime and Cersei. Yeah, I think that's the only way he could have taken, yeah. taken advantage there. Because then know? Tywin kind of um, sends her back to Cashley Rock, like, let's... You know, yeah. I wonder if there is a little more history on on his wife and the Mad King growing up, because you know they're friends for quite some time, and you know uh, Ares is is betrothed to his sister early on, right? Right. So I wonder. I just kind of wonder if there's more there. I'd have to go look it up. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I it, it just makes more sense that it would be maybe Jamie, you know, and Cersei versus Tyrion. So right. Yeah. So yeah, but so because then then. It, it it would diminish the the Tyrion um, Tywin relationship and the whole I think like Tyrion as a character if he just kill if it turns out that Tywin wasn't his dad it kind of takes away from the importance of him killing Tywin mm-hmm. like that is like like his like defining moment is that he kills his dad yeah. For everything he's ever put him through, true, and yeah. he, and the last like word, you know, kind of his last words, like "You're no son of mine," mm-hmm. like not like "You're no son of mine," like "You're not actually my son." It's like he's disowning him, and Tyrion says, "Well, now you're dead. Now you're, so, yeah, now yeah. you're dead." Yeah, it is more powerful. It if, is way more powerful that way. Yeah, if he's actually his father. Yeah, so. and it would make a lot of sense the Jamie the Jamie Cersei connection because Cersei does seem far more like a. You know, I mean, she does share. She seems more similar to the Mad King than she does Tywin. And then also, remember, she wanted to be betrothed to Rhaegar, which that would be interesting. Who Cersei? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that would make it more of like a 
actual yeah could have, could have, could have actually been somewhat more of a, a legitimate right thing although then you'd have her she would be a bastard, bastard. she'd be on the right. iron throne yeah 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 definitely um now as we get into like the light bringer discussion i thought i would just read some of this stuff uh straight from the wiki because uh some of our ravens pull from this and some of right. them pull f- directly from the book which is great uh so Lightbringer is the sword of azora high we've talked mm-hmm. about azora high quite a bit um it's a legend he's a legendary hero he or she what am I trying to say there? Uh, he or she, a legendary hero who is uh, prophesied to fight the Great Other. Um, Lightbringer is thought to be a sword made of living fire. It is also known as the Red Sword of Heroes. Uh, now, the legend here, as we were just mentioning, uh, it's a sword that Azor High labored over for 30 days and 30 nights until it's done, and he goes to temper this sword in water, and the sword is broke. Um, and then he, he doesn't give up on it. He starts over the second time. He took 50 days and 50 nights to make the sword even better. He goes to temper it. Uh, he captured a lion, drove the sword into its heart. And again, the steel is shattered. Third time, uh, with a heavy heart, uh, he himself has a heavy heart, he knew beforehand that he must what he must do to finish the blade. And that's when he plunges it. After 100 days of working on it, 100 days, 100 nights, it's finished, and he calls forth his wife, Nisa Nisa, and he, and he asks her to bear her breast, and he drives that sword into um, her, her heart, her soul. You're kind of combining the steel of the sword, creating Lightbringer, while her cry of anguish in ecstasy left a crack across the face of the moon. All right, so then it's prophesied in Ashai that the um, when the stars bleed and the cold winds blow, a warrior shall draw from the fire a burning sword. That sword will be Lightbringer. The one who draws it will be Azora High reborn. Okay, and we, you know, uh, Melisandre is 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 proclaiming it's Stannis. Mm-hmm. You know, and so as far as we know, we've got uh, you know somebody really. We've got a lot of men behind him, and he has a flaming sword. You know, it, mm-hmm. there was no heat to it, right? Uh, I think one of the things is you would feel heat from it, and uh, so it's just uh, just a trick, apparently, mm-hmm. right? So not Stannis. So we're going to get into some more Ravens today about possibly who, um, you know, Azor High and could be possibly Lightbringer, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I actually just pulled up here the sword of Attila, which is Attila the Hun. Yeah. Um, also called the Sword of Mars or Sword of God. It was a legendary weapon carried by Attila the Hun. Um, and it said that uh, when a certain shepherd beheld uh, kind of this sword, he he found he found this trail of blood. Uh, I can skip some of the stuff. It's not here. Anyway, he comes yeah. to a sword. Yeah. Um, and it's and uh, he dug it up and took it straight to Attila the Hun. But I thought that um, it broke and he tried to, like, fix it. Mm. Maybe th- there was like a TV movie. Maybe I'm thinking of the TV <laughs> movie with Gerard Butler. But uh, uh, I'll have I'll have to do, so, have to yeah, do, do some, some more digging on I'll it. I'll yeah. just digging on that. But I, I, that it to me be, just seems similar. Yeah, yeah, it would be cool to kind of see where whereabouts Gur might have, where those influences come from. You yeah, know? so kind of neat. Um, okay, all right. Next up, we've got another Raven here. Uh, this is from our good friend Sam the Hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, bit of a long one, but it's it's decent here. So, uh, good day, Sir Matt and Sir Ezra. Uh, as lots of the conversation recently has been around Rhaegar and the Long Night uh, prophecies, I wanted to share with you a few questions that I have and a half-baked theory to go with it. Uh, why is it that the three main non-Stark characters, John, get this, non-Stark characters, John, Danny, and Tyrion. Well, he's not. He's a target. <laughs> I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. That's great. Uh, uh, all lost their mothers in childbirth. 
all of them, lost their mothers in childbirth. It's quite common in Westeros, but potentially significant in the story. Uh, as you mentioned over the last couple of episodes, the link between prophecies are difficult to decipher and sometimes misleading. Many people assume that Azora High and the prince that was promised are one and the same, but I've always liked the idea that they are different people. I also heard a theory recently that John is Lightbringer. Quote, I am the sword in the darkness, end quote, etc. Uh, a metaphorical sword rather than a literal one. So that would mean uh, that Rhaegar was Azor High forging his sword in the woman he loved. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you get my meaning there, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, so there's that. Uh, again, this is a half-baked theory. No, just kidding. Sam, this is actually fantastic. I read the whole thing earlier. Uh, but like the dragon needing three heads, Azor Ahai forged three swords in the fight against the Long Knight. One forged in water, one forged in a lion. Maybe this was Rhaegar's realization that he had to sire three children who would lead the fight against the Long Knight. Maybe he knew that these would have to result in the death of their mother to be strong enough to survive. Or maybe that's just happenstance. Potentially, Rhaegar left Elia not because she, not because she died giving birth, but because she would not die giving birth. Question okay. mark. Okay. Um, you know, so the idea is you, you, there that um, you know maybe he like if you if you die if your mother dies in childbirth, perhaps you took you know something there. There's right. some power that you're taking there, and, right? And that you know, I guess is the way I'm kind of wrapping my head around it. Um, so next, the lion instantly suggests a Lannister. Again, we're, we are regularly led to believe that Ares is the contender to be Tyrion's secret Targ daddy. But what if it were Rhaegar? Okay, interesting. So what if Rhaegar then is, is Tyrion's father? He would have been 14 when Tyrion was born, uh, so not out of the question of Westeros. And maybe uh, Joanna like, liked him young. Yeah. Right? Maybe she did. Yeah. You know? Uh, it's a classic bait-and-switch from Gur to draw your eye to Ares and drop in Rhaegar at the last minute. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, he does do that. He so. does. Uh, weirdly, this leaves Danny. Details about her conception, birth, and her mother's uh, death are vague, but if the known timeline is true, it's feasible that Rhaegar could be her father. Again, it's not completely out of character uh, for uh, the, the Targaryen family dynamic. Uh, Aenys... Uh, or I'm sorry, Ares, I think it should be, uh, right, was abusive yeah. to Rhaella. Um, and as her firstborn, Rhaegar would likely have acted against his father to protect his mother. Uh, maybe this unusual dynamic led to a change in their relationship. It's possible uh, that Ares distrusted, um, distrust of both his wife and his son, and his ultimate uh, madness had stemmed from from that distrust, right? You know what I mean. So, yep. the, so if there is something fishy going on between um, mother and son, there, you know, that would definitely drive somebody mad, mm -hmm. wouldn't it? You know, no, for sure. Uh, yeah, you know, Rayla's name um, comes from the River Roine, uh, so that would be the link to water, forging that sword in water, his seed in water, mm -hmm. right? Okay, um, it and would then, also, yeah, his bastard would be a Waters, yeah. Yeah. What it, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, because he's what? Targaryen. That's the yeah waters. Yeah. Of that region. Of that region. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, carry this theory to its crackpot conclusion. Would uh, carrying this theory to its crack 
crackpot conclusion would suggest that Danny dies first in the battle with the Night King, followed by Tyrion, before Jon ultimately prevails. Um, as a theory, it's full of holes, uh, but like all good prophecies, it's open to interpretation. Absolutely. Uh, agreed there. Uh, Lyanna could represent the lion, um, you know, uh, Lyanna, lion, or the water, ice and snow. Maybe um, Danny's not Rayella's baby, but someone else, you know, ferried away in, in, in secret. Maybe there's a third Targ bastard that we are yet to identify. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is kind of a neat little uh, mention here. Didn't Mance Raider, didn't didn't Mance Raider's wife just die from complications during childbirth? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so then the, then you get into all the theories of we've talked about it time and time again. Uh, is Mance who is Mance Raider really? Exactly. Who is he really? No. Well, I mean, you you got you've got Blackfires out there. You've got uh, we were actually Serge and I were discussing something earlier. You know, last week we were talking a lot about Old Nan and who is Old Nan. Yeah, and we were talking about these theories. Uh, well, perhaps she's Lady Rowan Weber. Um, there's a right. big theory out there that she could be Shiara Sea Star, and that yeah. maybe I know you and I were just. Randomly throwing out the idea, well, well, what if it was like Blood Raven and Char Sea Star have this line? Mance Raider, who was born at the Wall, yep, could come from potentially that that line. If you uh-huh. would, that would make him a Targaryen, yeah, and that would also potentially make Val. Yeah, we were thinking about that. You know how how that Val could also be one too. If yeah, you, you know with. Like if if an old Nan and again a big if that those uh, are that's a huge like yeah, that's a lot a, of ifs but a lot of ifs to get you there but I mean if somehow you know she was sent old Nan says that you know so really you get back to Blood Raven is is looking he's he keeps his eye on Winterfell and he's looking for Bran to right. come you know and which Bran will it be and old right. Nan's always confused by the brands right she gets right. them all mixed up but she's there if she is um oh gosh Sea Star then her her role there is to is to nurse and to protect and maybe even to feed these stories right to give these brandons the, you know these 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 stories uh, and it's through that telling of the story of the of right. the others and the prophecy that you know um this boy will be born mm-hmm. and this spark of interest will carry right. him beyond the wall you know mm-hmm. so yeah there's <laughs> so there's another but, yeah. crackpot uh, and then and then the, the three heads of the dragon you know Sarge and I have been talking about this i don't know if we talked about it on the show last week um, or we just talked about it outside of the show, but we were talking about um, the three heads of the dragon and whether it actually has anything to do with right Azora High or not. It could just mm-hmm. be a separate kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then another thing, I, I I took a lot of notes, and it's funny because a lot of these notes that I took this week um, yeah. had had to do with to do with this. Um, yeah, go over some of those notes. Yeah, let me I'm just. Uh, only because a lot of it pertains to, to what it is we're actually what I, what is we're actually talking about here. So, right. the three heads of the dragon, right? So I say the original three was Aegon and his two wives. So, because the three heads of the dragon only became a thing because when Aegon the Conqueror came over, he made a sigil and he said, "Well, there's three of us. Let's do three a three headed dragon." So Azor High existed well before this three heads of the dragon, yeah, thing, right? And Azor High, well, well before well, Aegon's, yeah. well before yeah. Aegon's conquest, right? So I'm kind of thinking that this three heads of the dragon business 
is kind of meant to throw us off. Yeah. Um, or it could be a separate thing, um, kind of like I'm going to reference Harry Potter here. In the last book of Harry Potter, you kind of have the Horcruxes and the Deathly Hollows. They're two separate things, but they're kind of like, well, maybe we could use, say, like the Elder One to beat the Horcruxes, right? You, and maybe that is actually what's happening here. Maybe there's this Three Heads of the Dragon thing mm-hmm. that is separate but could play a part. Yeah. Um also, just another another thing I found interesting this week, um, and this is a big boon for Danny. Actually, ran I like you know just one of these things, and this is not something I see a lot of people use, yeah, to support Danny for a lot of things. But um, in a Storm of Swords, chapter twenty eight, I don't I didn't know which Danny chapter it was, but yeah, I was audio audibling it, and so it tells you what chapter it is. It doesn't right. say what Danny chapter it was. About halfway through, Daenerys has a dream, and she is at the Battle of the Trident, and she is Rhaegar. Um, and instead of riding a horse, she's riding a dragon. And it talks about she's fighting the Usurper King, who she, she you know, she, I don't think she knows what Robert Baratheon looks like, obviously. But it just says that, and the Usurper's men all have ice armor. And she is riding a dragon, and she is burning them, or it says bathing them in dragon fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's interesting because she she's referencing another dream she's having at the same time, and she's talking about one being, um, like this one being pleasant, and the other was a nightmare. And it's just interesting. It's a lowercase o, but it's just interesting that she's thinking about killing these men of ice, and she says the other is a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, the other is a nightmare. Is a nightmare. So you know that. Yeah, yeah. Is, is, is a nightmare. Uh, I just, you know, just, just uh, insignificance. Very interesting. Um, and so there's kind of this dream that Danny's having. And to me, like we have talked about, where is the battle with the Night King going to take place? A lot of people are saying, wouldn't it be make the most sense for this all to take place at the Trident? So okay. Daenerys yeah. is even already having this dream of killing this usurper king. Because for her to claim Westeros... That is another usurper king she would have to kill. Yeah, yeah, she would. Especially in the show, right? In the books, could yeah. all totally be different. But in the show, for her to claim Westeros, she's going to have to kill this usurper king because Tommen is dead. There is no other king. So um, I just think it's interesting. Yeah, it is. I mean, because. And it um, does tie into this whole, you could argue, the Three Heads of Dragon, John, Danny, potentially Tyrion. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if has the show mentioned three heads of the dragon. I think it has. I was just doing a little bit of research. I think um, you know, when she is in the house of the um house of the undying, I think she sees. I think it's it's maybe it's mentioned there. I, I'm not really sure actually right. if the show has or not. I I'm about to read something though from uh from, from the Citadel. If you if you're on Westeros.org, you, you, yeah. you you're familiar with the Citadel. Um, basically, and I'm not exactly. I can't remember. Well, it would be the second book, wouldn't it? Or, Clash of Kings. Uh, when she's in the House of the Undying. I think it is. Or is it the first book? No. No, no, no. It's after the first book ends. The first book ends with, with her. With, with the, that's right. That's right. Yep. Dying, so yeah. be said, yep. So, okay, let's see here. Um, this is just all about the dragon. has three heads right. and just kind of a theory. Uh, so, in summary, here's some of the quotes from the book. Uh, looking into several rooms in the hallway in the House of the Undying, Daenerys sees several scenes, some which, some of which appear to be of the past some of the present, and some of the future. The first of these is a woman being savaged by four little rat-like men. 
The second is a room filled with savagely slaughtered corpses, which appear to have been attending a feast. A dead man with the head of a wolf, wearing an iron crown and holding a leg of lamb like a king might hold a scepter, sits at a throne, his eyes looking at Danny with mute appeal. The third room shows her old home in Bravos and Sir William Derry. The fourth shows an old man on a barbed throne saying to another man below him, let him be king over charred bones and cooked meat and let him be king of ashes. The fifth room finally shows a man very much like her brother Viserys, except he's taller and has eyes of dark indigo rather than lilac. He is speaking to a woman who is nursing a newborn babe, telling her that the child's name should be Aegon, and saying that, what better name for a king? The woman asks if he will make a song for the child, and he replies that he has a song, and that he is the prince that was promised, and his song is of ice and fire. He appears to look at Danny then, as if seeing her, and then he adds that there must be one more, and the dragon has three heads. Okay. I just kind of, uh, you know. Yeah. There it is. There's the, 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 out of the book when we talk about where does that come from, um, Rhaegar somehow is under the impression that the dragon has to have three heads. Right. So is it, you know, I... Is it something he read? Is it something he's working on? He's he's obsessed with the prince that was promised and Azor Ahai and all this stuff, you know. So, and it's more the prince that was promised. Isn't that what he's obsessed with and mm-hmm. not necessarily right. Azor Ahai? Yeah. Because I think when Maester Aemon is, is coming to, and I could be wrong, so if you're listening out there, correct me. Um, I know Gus is listening. So yeah. let me know, <laughs> Gus. Uh, you know I am, man. Uh, I think he's he, he's talking about he, the misinterpretation of prince or princess, right? And so often Rhaegar was. Sandy abs- says it, and so in the show, Sandy says it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's when it's when like Davos and John, and they're all right. Okay, and they're, they're walking. And they're just talking about well, in it's mis could be mistranslated. It could be prince or princess. There is no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I think that just, I just wanted to kind of share that with you guys, so you can. It's something to think on as we read through some of these ravens you know yeah. so uh where does that idea you know as sir matt has mentioned uh azora high prophecy from long ago the prince that was promised though you know we can look up That's that like, that seems newer yeah it seems like it's something and that they, is... they they seem they seem at some point to kind of get blended and become like all one thing right kind of like how in the world of ice and fire it talks about well it was the last hero it was azora high it was um. Right. What's the other one? The uh, was it the prince who was promised? I can't remember. But so I don't know. That's yeah. what I was. That's what I'm trying to trying to figure out here. Um. So from the I have, I have World of Ice and Fire, I'll, I'll, I'll pull it up. Wiki here. The prince that was promised is a prophesied leader or savior. The prince may be uh, part of an ancient prophecy which foretells the coming of a hero to deliver the world from darkness. A bleeding star is supposed to herald the coming of the prince. The prince is said to have a song, the song of ice and fire. And so that was what Rhaegar. So Rhaegar is often talking about the prince that was promised. And so, you know, just as I think it was Sam the Hammer or um, um, let's see, who, who was the other one that we had there? Well, OK, here. So in a world of ice and fire, it is written that there uh, it was written that there are annals in a shy of such a darkness. So this is in a shy. Yeah. 
with such a darkness and of a hero who fought against it with a red sword. His deeds are said to have been performed uh, before the rise of Valyria in the earliest age when Old Gis was first forming its empire. The legend has spread west from Ashai, and the followers of Relore claim that this hero was named Azor Ahai and prophesy, and prophesy his return. Um... Uh, Kalquo Votar recounts a curious legend from Yiti which states that the sun hid its face from the earth for a lifetime, ashamed uh, at something none could discover, and that the disaster was averted only by the deeds of a woman with a monkey's tail. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. So, so M- Melisandre it uses them interchangeably. Right. You know, and she, that's what it kind of well, says, it, right? And that she. Right, yeah. She believes them to be one and the same. Mm-hmm. The prince that was promised in Azor Ahai. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I think you just hear Rhaegar, though, refer to it as, you know, the the prince that was promised prophecy. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, they are kind of, uh, in my mind, they, they've always been a little bit, uh, well, they are more strongly uh, related to R'hllor. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that red priesthood, you know, it's kind of, that's what they're preaching in Essos. And that does, I get how that moves west. Um, and you, you can kind of see how, how um, Rhaegar would be drawn to that, knowing where they're from, Valyria, and right. being back in Essos, and maybe looking up some, you know, some of the ancient texts and things uh, concerning, you know, these these prophecies and stuff. But I don't know. It's just also weird to me that like, so that warrior that came, you know, like the Long Night. When we think of it happening, we think of it happening in Westeros, right? Right. And is that where it was at? Is that where winter, you know, fell? The long night fell, you know, right. there with. And, and yeah. So I don't know. Well, we had talked a while back about like, man, what, hap- what happens during winter in Essos? Does it happen in Essos? Maybe, yeah. maybe back then you the world was still considered one place right before the breaking of. Yeah. The arm, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing that you've always read to me that I think was in. Yeah, the breaking of the arm. You're right. Yeah, right. we're actually about to get. Lord Adam Parker has a a, a real right. neat kind of thing on the powers of the waters and and the mm-hmm. hammering of the waters. Yeah. Or was that Sam the Hammer? Sam the Hammer, I think, said yeah. something about that too. Yeah. Um. So something neat, Sir Matt has often mentioned is that when in in uh, talking about this, uh, the prince that was promised here, um, young Rhaegar actually he agrees with Maester Aemon. Um, that he might be the prince that was promised, um, according to uh, Arston Whitebeard. But one day, Rhaegar found something in his scrolls that changed him, and he decided to become a knight, telling Sir William Derry, I require a sword and armor. It seems I must be a warrior. So does that mean that he? it's something that either changed him and that he needed to f- help it was something that to further the, the, the prophecy that he was going to fulfill that himself, or did he think that there would be another prince that was promised? Yeah, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, it's, uh, the, only it's reason, the only reason I know it is it's, it's a chapter nine of A Storm of Swords that's referenced, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see which Danny chapter that is. Chapter nine, Daenerys, wait, it must be chapter eight, excuse me. Daenerys one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because Audible counts the prologue as chapter one, so gotcha. that's why. Yeah, so Daenerys <laughs> one, and it's like it's like it's like short into it, but it's it's when Barristan Selmy air quotes is talking to Daenerys, and it says Rhaegar just got up one day. He used to be a bookish guy, and then he just gets up one day and says, mm-hmm. "All that changed. Put yeah. down. It's time for me to put down the book and uh, pick up a sword." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, here's okay. So 
Um, just because we, we've tried to put all this together, right? In A Dance of Dragons, something also neat. Sir Barristan Selmy is talking to, mm-hmm. uh, to, to Danny about her mother, Rayella, and her father, King Ares. Um, and their grandfather, King Jaehaerys, commanded that they be wed after a woods witch had foretold that the prince who was promised would be born of their line. That woods witch, is that not the one that came with Jenny? Could be. Of Oldstones, or, or was it someone different? Could be, which could be the ghost of High Heart. I just... I think is the ghost of my heart. I think we, you and I. Well, now wait a second, because that came after Jaehaerys, you know, because uh, well, Jaehaerys the second is in between Egg and Mad King. Oh, so it could have been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Because it goes Egg, it goes Egg, and then Jaehaerys the second, because most of his kids die. Yes. Yeah. At Summerhall. You're right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. When when Danny asked about the Woods Witch, Barristan mentioned that uh, Barristan mentioned Summerhall, uh, and and is then asked to leave by his weary queen. Huh. So there's a mention of Summerhall there, that reference to you know, and, and you know, the Ghost of High Hearts. You know, as we did mention last week, is upset about Jenny of Oldstone. So, anyways, mm-hmm. wow. See how this all is connected somehow. Yeah. You know what's interesting, sense? and I, I, yeah. I, I'm thinking about this now. I wonder if anyone has made this connection: is you have Summer Hall and Winterfell. Wow, is there? <laughs> and uh, Summer Hall burns down. Yeah, to dragon fire. Is it dragon fire? Well, wildfire. Right. Well, is it that? What do we know? You know. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. Very interesting. So. Um, okay, I think uh, should we should we jump back into some other ravens Absolutely. here? Absolutely. I think we All have right. Lord Adam Parker's next. Is that or we have one before that? Uh, d- do we do Sam the Hammer here? We get oh uh, oh he d- last thing from Sam here. Uh, he mentioned that I made a great choice in my uh, in my football mm-hmm. club. You know that yeah. I'm supporting now uh, West Ham. So he talked about some of their um, their origins and things. He actually sent me a clip of the old scissor kick. This is a famous uh, shot made by the club back in the day. So. Really cool. I'm looking forward to kind of learning more about him and, and, and supporting him. So uh, excited there. So, yeah, Lord Adam Parker here. And you're going to have to – let's we'll go back and forth uh, with this and possibly read oh, this. Let me, yeah, let me pull it up in the, in the, in the, G, in the Gmail here. Okay. So, uh, happy Friday, sirs. This theory of Lightbringer um, – let this theory of Lightbringer blow your minds this weekend. And it is very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um this is complicated, so I would just dive right into it. The wall was constructed to perform two functions. Number one, to physically sever the continent and keep it under watch day and night. Night, in this sense, can also be considered the darkness of long winters. During the darkness, the others began to encroach south. Number two, uh, to stop the whites. And ice spiders, which may or may not be myths. The other things that come with the others... Uh, and their dead army, uh, their, their army of undead. For every living thing they kill, their army grows by one. So those are the two sort of uh, functions of the wall, right? Uh, to prevent those, the others and the, and the whites from, from coming uh, south. These functions must uh, be both static and active. The Horn of Joramon, which has a few candidates that exist already, will wake giants, so quote there, wake giants from the earth. The horn is designed to cause some kind of cataclysm, possibly an earthquake of some kind. Different people interpret the waking of giants to be an earthquake, others actual giants. 
given that the Giants do still exist and are awake already, I postulate that the first is more likely. Some believers, or I'm sorry, some believe the wall is woven uh, with magical spells, or perhaps there are dragons underneath. Quote, the wall is more than just ice and stone, he said. There are spells woven into it, old ones and strong, end quote. While I think magic is clearly a factor, the dragons, not so much. But we'll get ourselves some white, some white dragons later on. And, you know, pay attention later on because uh, yeah, exactly. Lord Adam Parker talks a lot about this idea that a dragon, you know, kind of what we see in the show, uh, would become like a white, in a sense, would be this uh, creature of darkness uh, that is taken over by right. the others. All right? Okay, so moving on. Uh, ga- uh, quote here. We have a little quote from the book. This is from Leaf. Uh, gone down into the earth into the stones, into the trees. Before the first men came, all this land that you call Westeros was home to us. Yet even in those days, we were few. The giants are almost gone as well. They who were our bane and our brothers. Leaf, end quote. Um, the children and their magic is interlinked with the earth itself, the water, plant, and animal life. I'm of the conviction that the magic which we've seen is just different manifestations of the same force. I think it has to do with the life essence, which resides in energy and in blood, fire and blood. I'll come back to this when discussing blood sacrifices later. Um, so here, question from Lord Adam Parker. What is something that an earthquake causes, other than the obvious serious damage, uh, damaging of a massive ice wall? Uh, to answer that, he mentions tsunamis. Recall with me the hammer of the waters. The children were said to use their magic ability by, uh, uh, by battling the first men. And he pulled this uh, from the wiki, and I think we mentioned this in A World of Ice and Fire, actually, mm-hmm. um, in, the, in the main series here. So, quote, for roughly 2,000 years, the, race, the two races fought a desperate war of dominance. So this being the children uh, and the first men. The children used their magic to shatter uh, the Arm of Dorne, the land bridge through which the First Men came, in a futile attempt to end the invasion and later flooded the Neck, where legend has it that the children called upon their gods from the children's tower to send the hammer of the waters to smash the Neck as they smashed the Arm of Dorne. But it was not enough to stop the advance of the First Men. End quote. Mm-hmm. So after this war, the open fields went to mankind and the forest to the children of the forest, as Leaf continues uh, from the earlier quote. Now, I want to stop right there for a second because in I've read Lord, I had I had to read this ahead of time. Yeah, we had to read this massive. First. So what he's getting at here is is the functionality of the wall, okay, right. and what its what its purpose is, which we, which we've discussed. Now um, we're looking at magic, and we're looking at where uh, these magical beings, the children, live. Uh, after they weren't able to use the waters to destroy, you know, the the first men, they retreat to the forests. So the forests are their domain, and the open fields where there's not a lot of forest uh, life, that's where, you know, the first men would hang out. They felt more comfortable there. Uh, so let's continue on. Uh, quote here, The gods gave us long lives, but not great numbers. Least we overrun the world as deer will overrun a wood where there are no wolves to hunt them. End quote. So that was Leaf again, kind of talking about um, how they have long life. The children do, right. but they are kind of, um, you know, they're they're low in numbers right. um, and they're dwindling. So now the Cranog men. He goes on to mention the Cranog men. Um, those who now currently live in the Neck, 
became close with the children during this time, let's say 2,000 years ago, which is why I think some descendants of the first men have green side abilities, such as Jojen, uh, Bran, and Bloodraven. And again, that right. makes a lot of sense. So that's mm-hmm. that intermixing uh, between those men. They're shorter. They're they're kind of stunted. It seems like there was some, some breeding with, with maybe children of the forest. Right. Okay. Clearly the children have the ability to specifically affect the ocean through the use of tsunamis. I mean, shit. Under the sea, you fall up, and under the sea, smoke rises in bubbles. Patch face, <laughs> which, mm-hmm. is, which is cool. He's, mm-hmm. he's definitely a, a character to pay attention to. Uh, the hammer, I hypothesize, is not the only thing they can manipulate seawater to do. So, so that's not the only thing that they can make seawater do. Uh, it's just how they chose to do that 12,000 years ago. All right. Cue the first green seer and legendary Stark with the blood of the first man. First man, Bran the Builder. Right. Um, and so this is where we're back to the wall, back in this time before the before and or around the Long Night. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, this dude straight up built the wall, right? Well, not without the help of the little squirrel people, <laughs> however. All right. Uh, they need to sing... They need to sing and raise the waters, but they also need to provide their forests. So he's kind of talking about how Bran the Builder works with the children in a way in which possibly they would use their forests and they would sing the waters to rise. To Is it to build the wall? Right. Right. Yep. Okay. Um, okay. So he continues on. See, he needed wood too. Wood? Question mark. Yes. I'll get to that. First, it's clear by this train of thought that the children of the forest and Bran the Builder used magic to manipulate seawater to construct the wall itself. Okay. Um, so now, another quote here from Maester Amen. Quote, I should not have left the wall. Lord Snow could not have known, but I should have seen it. Fire consumes, but cold preserves. The wall, but it's too late to go running back. End quote. Um, so there's that idea that, uh, you know, the, the properties of, of the cold preserving, you know, some of these magics that are laid in to the wall. All right, so moving on here. This is where the Red Comet, a.k.a. Bleeding Star, Dragon's Tail, Red Sword, Mormont's Torch, Sword, of, sword no. That Slays, <laughs> so on and so on, and Lightbringer comes into play. The comet itself appeared to Daenerys the night the dragons were born. Uh, if we should trust anyone, it should be Old Nan. Okay, and when Old Nan is asked about the comet, uh, she says, "Dragons, it be dragons, boy." Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, we're d- the discussion's over. Old yeah. Nan said it. Okay, share um, a sea star. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as an aside about seasons, I think the vicinity of this comet to the planet has an effect on the seasonal changes occurring alongside the magic. All right, moving on. The uh, Comet and the Dragons, a.k.a. Fire Made Flesh, are the metaphorical scabbards of Lightbringer, uh, but they have not yet released it. This is where the woods come into play. The Children of the Forest and the First Men obviously understood two things. They need fire to stop the whites, and you need obsidian to stop the others. Well, look. It's 8,000 years ago. In the past, the children of the forest have resigned to coexist with mankind so they can forestall the extinction, their extinction, from the others. So that's where they kind of make this alliance. So again, remember, they're at war with mankind. The, the children are warring with the first men, uh, but they decide that they need to kind of co- they need to uh, work with men, you know, to exist because they're going to be extinct. They're going to be extinct if they don't. Um, they're already... Few numbers dwindled even then. I hypothesize that they may they may have offered the uh, destruction of sections of their forests uh, 
no longer needed due to the decline in population during the long night into the construction of the wall. So this is where, you know, Sir Matt and I were talking about this a little bit, um, and he's going to go on to describe the gift, Brandon's gift and the new gift, but just so, you, so we uh, understand what's happening here, the functionality of this wall, what mm-hmm. it's meant to do, and he's kind of metaphorically, the, the wall is Lightbringer, is, right. is kind of what yep. we're getting to here, right? Um, okay, so <clears throat> uh, let's see, understood two things, right, okay, uh, you need fire to set the whites, coexist, so... Um, where was I? I hypothesized that they offered the destruction uh, of the section of forest no longer needed due to the decline in population during the long night uh, into the construction of the wall, fire and blood. So the children are giving up sections of their forest to help build this wall. Uh, Lord Adam Parker asked the question, why? Uh, so we do not know, uh, sorry, I'm sorry, we do know that before this wall was built, that Lightbringer was used by this fellow, Azora High, to end the long night. Cool stuff, but really one handheld flaming sword against legions of the undead, not buying it. I w- uh, it was something else entirely, okay? More than that, um, what is it called? Light bringer. Uh, first was Brandon's gift. A forest cut and lined across the continent to be set ablaze and burned the army of the dead. Mm-hmm. All right, so there's that. Um and if you know where Brandon's Gift is, it's a section south of the wall. Uh, later, it's called Brandon's Gift, but at the time, it's a, uh, Lord Adam Parker is saying it's a section that the right. that the children gave up to, you know, set right. ablaze, right? Yep. Okay, great stuff, Children of Forest. Um, that's awesome. We need to make sure this doesn't happen again. We need more trees. So the second area, later to be called the New Gift, was cleared once more of trees and used in the construction of the current wall and its wood. Uh, fuel. Of course, afterwards, the lamb was used instead to give sustenance to the Night's Watch. While we're on the subject of names, ponder why it's called the Haunted Forest. I'll return to this. The wall's passive function is at an end, and the others approach with a force capable of assaulting it and surpassing it. Uh, See Mormont being attacked by a white in Castle Black. Mm -hmm. Time to activate Lightbringer. Okay, The Horn of Joramon, whichever horn it is, uh, is blown at the arrival of winter slash the return of the others. This will destroy the ice, encasing the massive wood pile spanning the width of the continent. Lightbringer releases its scabbard and angles its blade towards the great other. The sword that slays the seasons will be ready to slay winter itself by countering the darkness with light. The wall is on fire, killing all the whites. I actually kind of like this. It's it's mm-hmm. you know if you had this. Winter is bearing down on you, and you have this fire, this sword. You know, you, you break the wall it's down. Like it's and a nuke. You, yeah, it's, 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 it's basically a Westerosi nuclear You level. cannot get past a wall of fire, you know? It's, right. You're not going to do it. As you mentioned earlier, they're not going to swim around this thing. They're not going into the water necessarily, you know? So uh, there's that. So he says, to, uh, to return briefly to discussing magic, I would like to assert that the woodpile is drenched in blood. Blood of the first men, to be exact. Hey, maybe even some dragon blood too. Uh, it was a deep, it was a steep price to pay, but the power inside it would be necessary. Melisandre confuses this blood similar to that of the old Valyrians as king's blood. The fact of the matter is, the Northerners made blood sacrifices to werewolves up until about 500 years ago, and it's no coincidence. Little Ravenwood God Power Boy Bran Stark's last vision is of someone being sacrificed in front of the Heart Tree. Mm-hmm. Quote. 
as his life flowed out of him in a red tide, Brandon Stark could taste the blood, end quote. Uh, blood clearly has magical properties, which are utilized by all kinds of magic, and once more, they are enhanced by the arrival of the Red Comet, Dragon's Lightbringer. Right. Okay? Yep. All right. The next step in this theory is the dragons getting to Westeros, specifically the north. Uh, how's that going to happen? Let's assume the show and the book are similar and that the dragons go north. Viserion dies with the spear. Uh, so much blood is spilt, he will be covered in blood. Red, veined, white. Yep. So pay attention to that idea of, of uh, Viserion going north, getting killed. Very similar to the show. Um, and then is, is risen, but is covered in blood and is, is uh, red, veined, white. Here we go. So, quote, You will never walk again, but you will fly. How horrifying, but also... Bran will be far more powerful by this time and can overpower Warg, White, Viserion, and set Lightbringer ablaze. So that's using Dragonfire, you know, Bran basically warging into this dragon, you know, and that he will fly again. He's flying with this dragon um, and setting the wall ablaze. Remember the haunted forest I was talking about? It's rather close to the wall. Perhaps it's close enough to be set on fire by Lightbringer, causing a massive fire uh, that kills all the white army. So that haunted forest being north of the wall, you know, if you light the wall on fire and it's close enough, some of those, you know, some of that fire could uh, set that forest ablaze. Absolutely, And, yep. and, and kind of root them out, right? Uh, Viserion covered in blood, red-veined white. Sound familiar? Literally a flying werewood. Also, from Tyrion to... Um, Winds in, of Winter. Uh, oh, Winds of Winter. Um, quote here. The white... Um, the white Sivas dragon ended up at Tyrion's feet. He scooped it off the carpet and wiped it on his sleeve. But some of the youngish blood had collected in the fine grooves of the carving, so the pale wood seemed veined with red. Now, that's pretty neat. That's something I actually right. uh, hadn't, hadn't uh, come across, and so I was wondering where Lord Adam Parker was going with this, with the idea of this, this red-veined you know, dragon that's it's white, you know, get this, um, you know, but he, he makes the connection here to Tyrion uh, and this... Um, uh, uh, dragon that has these grooves, right? You know that uh, uh, full of uh, red uh, blood, right? Uh, one more thing, Bran needs his epic hero name, doesn't he? This is great, uh, Bran the Blood Dragon. All right. Uh, in addition, Bran can fly to the north and end the world. Uh, can fly to the north end of the world and confront the Great Other. So basically, going beyond the haunted forest and going um, to the land of always winter. Whatever he saw up there, at long last, um, that's at least the goal. But I don't think it's going to go down uh, like that to the dissatisfaction of Blood Raven. Uh, the others will persist. It'll be bittersweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, even so, this can be another manifestation of the of the coming of uh, Dance of Dragons, which Gur said would happen again. This wasn't necessarily uh, a dance with dragons. Uh, we can have. Uh, competing point of views from Dragon Riders, Dragon Warg, uh, to make some amazing battles. The significance of the white uh, has a the significance of the white has a third symbolic message, which I will use to tie up this uh, later. Okay, uh, it's so it's totally up to Sam to get the Obsidian. By the way, his friend currently suffering from stab wounds and growing cold beneath the wall. Uh, Jon Snow chilling in the ice walls or the ice cells needs to stop being a stiff already. True. Uh-huh. That's true. We, I really hope in the book he, he actually comes back to life. Um, so Q Melisandre sacrificing herself to retrieve Jon Snow. Only death can pay for life. 
What a wake-up call, rising from the dead next to a massive inferno. This old wood burns, releasing black smoke into the air, while the faint smell of seawater still lingers in the air uh, as it is adjacent to um, ice, as the adjacent ice is melted. Azora High is born amidst smoke and salt. So the idea that this burning, you know, that, that smoke and that salt, you know, being uh, from the wall, from the seawater and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, we add on a few hundred layers of tin foil. Okay, I like it. Uh, Brand touches down Viserion. Uh, outside of Castle Black, as Sam arrives f- with a full obsidian armor, full yep. obsidian armor. Wow! And Jamie and Brienne arrive wielding a reforged ice. John and Brienne take flight and go around torching the others' heels. Uh, others assault. Others assault fails, and they retreat north. It's important to keep in mind: Azor High is whomever wields the blade. Is that Viserion? Is that the Night's Watch? Is it John, Brienne, many more? Maybe, perhaps. Uh, I'm not making a, uh, a specific call, but a great manifestation of the legend seems appropriate. Uh, I would like to add in one small discussion on symbolism. The third reason that I think we'll see a white dragon has to do with the red comet and the dualist theme uh, of of a song of ice and fire. Recall from astro- from astronomy class. Nope, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, what are comets made of? Mostly ices and a little bit of rock. Uh, it is both ice and fire, and the song, and the song is of its effect on this world. More abstractly, it is the forces at play in the human heart, which is constantly in conflict with itself. George agrees that this is the only thing worth writing about. Each character has elements of both in its experiences. Fire consumes, but cold preserves. The White Dragon is one of the binary uh, uh, bending events. Uh, another of which will be Jon Snow. It is literally fire made flesh, reborn with the power of ice. All of this indicates to me that ice and fire are one in the same. The Great Other, the Many-Faced God, R'hllor are all the same force, the one we call magic. Magic preserving, the, uh, magic preserving and magic consuming in a continuous ebb and flow. All right, another thing here, a couple more things from Lord Alan Parker. When the Red Star bleeds, this is a quote, um, and the darkness gathers, Azor High shall be born again amidst smoke and salt uh, to wake dragons out of stone. Melisandre. Dragons out of stone, question mark. People often conclude that there will be some kind of literal stone dragon or perhaps some obsidian armor for, for Drogon, uh, or maybe this is an allusion to a coming grayscale plague. None of this is correct. The stone part of the wall is likely its base, uh, as well as a shield against the flames themselves for the castle. A real wall is beneath the ice wall. One side is the Night's Watch, protected by, by the stone and the magic woven into the wall itself. On the other, the wood, a.k.a. the angled blade of Lightbringer, the stone dragon, White Viserion, is poised to catch the haunted forest on fire and destroy the incoming army of the dead in one swing. And the last little thing, uh, oh, and uh, Tyrion rides the one uh, dragon he bonded with when he unlocked Mm -hmm. them because, as we know from my last Raven, you don't need to be a Targaryen. You just need to be bonded with one. Sincerely, Lord Adam Parker from the Earth Wisdom. Wow. Wow. I First mean, of all, there's thank some you to Lord Adam Parker once again sending us a ultra detailed, well in depth, well researched Raven. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, there's a reason he is Lord Adam Parker. That's right. Yeah. Don't forget it. Yeah. So thoughts, Sir Matt, on on some of that there. The this this is a different take on on it Lightbringer. Is. It's not a sword at all. It, well, first of all, it's definitely going to have to be a uh, a bookism because absolutely the show they've already destroyed destroyed some of the wall. Yeah. Yeah. You know there that is almost a character that we forget about the wall the wall <laughs> the wall itself because every time they talk about the wall they do talk about how there's like magical properties yeah um right and all of this stuff the uh, there's so much um because this is i do I, I am more diving into this three heads of the dragon azora high prophecy light bringer as we kind of like prince that was promised prince that was promised it's all there it's yeah i don't know mm-hmm. i just i just don't know it is interesting because i've definitely not heard the theory that there's wood and stuff in the wall mm-hmm. yeah and that that would that would destroy well it, it kind of seems and, and maybe lord adam parker can correct me if i'm wrong um that he's that he's saying here that to fight off this first invasion the children made an alliance and they perhaps set their as a gift to to, 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 to men, the forest mm-hmm. is sacred to them. They're the, the children of the forest. Right. Now, that's not what they call themselves, but that's what they were named uh, by the first men and so on because that's where they lived. That's where they right. inhabited. So for them to burn up, you know, to destroy, uh, self-destruct their own home to keep the others, you know, or the whites uh, at bay is a lot for them. Right. Right. And then, as you said, that's not enough. We need more. We need to do something else so that, you know, good job, but what if they come back? You know, you've just basically pushed them back. You beat back the long night and defeated the darkness, but what if they come back? Right. And then so the wall is raised. And yeah, we and, need a wall. Right. We need a wall. <laughs> need a wall. And, and basically the idea is you, you take from that new gift region. Because when those were given to the Night's Watch, they were already stripped of, of their, well, we just... There's no forest there, right? There's, right. there's not a yeah. lot of... Uh, so it seems like either they were stripped, um, that land was stripped to build the wall, uh, or as Lord Adam Parker says, it was used to you know, set ablaze uh, to keep back the long night, you know? So I think it's very interesting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now, that would mean... I mean, I, I don't know. How far do they... How far does the long night, you know, get to? Do, it, was there a battle... Uh, at at the neck or the trident, you know what I mean? Did, or did they stop them up there where winter fell? Exactly. You know what I mean? Is that where it, it stopped? And and then that's just beyond there. They they build the wall. Brand the builder works with the children. Yeah, we don't know. And you you want to know the interesting thing is, Sir Ezra, do you think? Well, we'll, we'll see how it's done in the show. Yeah. But uh, do you think Winds of Winter will come out before the prequel show? Good Lord, the Age of Heroes prequel show. I don't know. Yes, I think it will. I do too. Yeah, I think it will, and that'll be good for us. Um, but Winds of Winter may not even cover that. What you mean the the Long Night stuff? It may, it may we may not get it. We may not get backstory on. No, if it's similar um, to the show and it ends with like Jon Snow becoming king yeah. of the North and ends with like Battle of the Bastards. Right, but you know, I think the Long Night for I think when he writes this, I think as it comes, you know, it will be similar, uh, right. possibly to what was before because it's kind of what he's what he's doing is showing this. Uh, things return, you know, it's slightly different. What you've heard in legend, though, you'll find out that, you know, here when, when it when it uh, 
when you greet it face to face, when darkness shows up right in front of you, it's not going to be like what the old stories said it was. Right. You know what I mean? It's we're going to be kind of like it's okay. This makes sense. You know what I mean? It's not this. It's still Do big, you think bad, that and they, scary. But so so right. So we so we don't know that. Well, it's possible that dragons were used in that Azor High if he came from like a shy all the way over there. We know there's yeah, dragons yeah, in a shy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, true. Did yeah. he use dragons? Maybe. I, that's, we don't know. Or are they more beneficial now having Daenerys as dragons? Yeah, and some of that stuff, again, could have been lost in the in the telling, passing down of that prophecy, you know? Um, but you're right. If it, if it is something that was sort of, uh, that was born out of the east, you know, and came from Ashai and, and possibly Valeria and moved right. across west, then, yeah, I could see that. So, I don't know. I think it's really neat, and I think it was something that kind of caught, uh, caught, caught me off guard today. Uh, Lord Adam Parker, it was... Uh, I think it was one of the, it's it's well thought out and uh, I I really like it you know it's uh, it would be so, it's kind of girl like you is. know what I mean I really like I really like his idea about Bran taking over Viserion yeah and okay. I could see that happening okay because there is he's the winged wolf he yeah. wa- he will fly yeah um and then that would also because we you and I talked about this is that there's like the difference we're saying between say like blood raven and bran is that bran also is a warg mm-hmm. and ha- has like a green seer so mm-hmm. he's like mm-hmm. you know he's like he's like he's got all the intangibles right you know like yeah. you hear that they talk about that in sports when they're talking about like when teams are like drafting players like oh we want this guy cuz he has all the intangibles right well if you're the the great other third three-eyed crow whatever um yeah blood raven's good but it's not bran doesn't you know Sure, if you're looking for an asset, you mean, yeah. Right, I mean, Bran seems to have it all going for him. So Bran, as we also see in the show, maybe does have more power than Bloodraven. So maybe Bran can warg into that dragon and take it over. Right. And that would be kind of maybe his role, at least certainly in the show, but possibly in the books too. Because I do believe that the the Night King or the Great Other or whatever... There is going to be some reason Daenerys is going to lose one of her dragons, yeah, or, or there is just going to be an ice dragon. Okay, yeah. I think I think that the dance with dragons, whether it's an ice dragon and whether sure. even even if you go to the idea that a lot of people have that there's a dragon in the wall, right? Sure. And maybe they blow the horn thinking it's going to kill the others, but on accident it mm-hmm. gives them a dragon, and then like they, you know <laughs> yeah. they take it, I mean, whatever. Right. Yeah. I do believe there's going to be a battle between an ice dragon and like a regular dragon. Um, and that'd be awesome. That'd be super cool. Right, yeah. And then maybe that's Bran's role as Bran can take it over. Yeah. Huh. That would be neat. That kind really of like this self sac and maybe he dies in the process. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you wonder how much how much because I mean, like when they talk about uh skin changing, you know, it's it's you gotta be there are some animals that are, you know, like cats are super hard to kinda you know, stay in and, 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 and control. You know, you don't feel good in their skin and stuff. So maybe it takes more to dominate the mind of a dragon, you know, yeah. than it does these other other beasts. And I'm also I'm also just thinking about uh, the connection, right? When you think about the wo- the dire wolves, yeah, right, that they have. You know, the, I wonder if anyone's done this, broken down kind of the names of the dire wolves and their connection to the the Starks that they have. So it's interesting, right? So you have Ghost, right? Ghost is John's direwolf and yeah. we know john dies and mm-hmm. then he is, rises again in the show i think in the first three chapters right john's gonna be or you know yeah better yeah 
if it doesn't, then then every theory everyone's <laughs> ever had is out the window. <laughs> like, but, but you know, Lord Adam, it, it could be longer. Could it be. might rise later. He might rise. Later. You know, yeah, at the but end. I yeah. Um, so. But so if John right, if John So comes back, oh, the idea of like a ghost, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have Sansa and Lady. And like Sansa is trying to become a lady, and she learns very early her idea of what being a lady is like is like tossed out the window. Yeah, and her wolf dies. Arya is Nymeria, and she becomes this warrior queen. Right, everything that's certainly what Nymeria or Arya is kind of becoming. Right, um, and then you have Grey Wind with Rob. And when you think of like when you think of a strong wind, like I think of something like oh, it's here and it's really powerful, and mm-hmm. then it's gone. Yeah kind of similar yeah but then bran is summer yeah right and bran awakes from a dream brought to him by the three-eyed crow yeah and he sees his dire wolf and names it summer which is the opposite of like the idea of a stark winter is coming and yeah, he yeah. Names his summer yeah you're right so maybe through the like darkness possibly if we are if you do go with the idea that like three-eyed crow is bad yeah, controlled by the great other through even through the darkness, Bran can see summer. Yeah, you know, and another thing I've I because we talked about this, yeah, I don't know when, but um, the idea as you just said there, I think that he's going to be battling with something internally. Internally, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think Bran is going to be because it like, seems like it seems like Blood talk, Raven, it seems like Blood Raven's doing that. Yeah, sure. Where it, he kind, it seems like he kind of slips back and forth. I'm Brendan. No, I'm the Thread Crow. Right. Yeah. So I think there's going to be some battle going on there, and you said it best. I think like the idea that like there's a almost like something is taking over, like possessing, uh, yeah, p- possessing a parasite or something. Right. You know, really, just a virus or something spreading through Bloodraven. Um, I think Bran will will end up having. We we said the proximity to Summer right now. Right, he's getting Summer's getting further and further away from him. Yeah, you know, and is in as as Catelyn. Uh, had mentioned, and Ned knows. You know, you got to keep these direwolves close. Right. It's a bad. It's bad when they get. You know. Well, you know. even John too. Think about what happens, John, because you know. Yeah. Ghost sometimes goes away, and then he comes back, and right. Mm-hmm. Seems like he comes back at the right times, and yeah. yeah, yeah. So I just think there'll be some some struggle there where with the direwolf is kind of calling him back. That relationship and bond will pull him, you know, back to the right side. Yeah. Type of thing. I think he may drift into the darkness a little bit. Yeah. So. I don't know. It's my my thoughts. Yeah, we'll see. But I really like this Lord Adam Parker. This yeah, is, this is uh, really well put together. Re- a lot of research, really well done. Lord Adam just went nuts, you yeah. know. So it did kind of blow my mind. It is a very yeah. <laughs> it's a very different way of looking at Light- Lightbringer. So I'm glad we had those those classic traditional conversations right. about it, you know. And then we look at this, and uh, and it it's yeah still fits. Yeah. It's very well. Something I, I want I, I kind of want to bring up here um, in my notes. Want to go? Just just because I want to I want to reference reference my notes here because because I'm all about them. Yeah. Um. Just because it, it kind of goes with this idea of brand, right? Mm-hmm. Is so I was read I was listening to, uh, a Sworn Sword, which is the second Duncan Egg book because I I listened to I listened to like where we're at in the current chapter and then I listened to like World of Ice and Fire and then I spent a day listening to going through Duncan Egg again and oh, then yeah. I spent a day going through just like later in the book so like I usually go like Storm of Swords yeah right yeah. But I found this interesting. Um, in the about the end of a, a about the end of a, a sworn sword. Okay. 
they're talking about Damon Blackfire, mm-hmm. and yep. it's like a conversation between Duncan Egg and 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 Egg is kind of talking bad about Blood Raven, and he's like, "Well, he's bastard born," and right. and well, he first he says he's base born, and then Duncan kind of corrects him, and Duncan kind of says, "We know I could be a bastard," right. but before that, um, he says that Blood Raven is born of betrayal. And that in the end, he's talking about how all bastards are bad. Mm-hmm. He said, in the end, Blood Raven would betray the realm as well. That's what they're saying. Just, yeah, yeah. Something. And he, he, he says, um, he says, Blood Raven isn't even a real lord, isn't even a real lord while he is noble on both sides. Um, he, Blood Raven was, he, like, kind of like air quotes here, washed clean of his bastardry because of um, Aegon the Fourth. Sure. All of his bastards, legitimate. Yeah. He says, but the laws of the gods are really another, and that bastards are born of lust and weakness, which is interesting. The idea of Rhaegar, Jon Snow, yep. Lyanna, lust and weakness, potentially. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the Fourth had his own set of laws. I'm paraphrasing all this, of course. But the gods had their own. Damon Blackfire, Bittersteel, and in the end, Blood Raven would be a traitor, too. Wow. Can't trust the bastards. So even though Blood Raven... Because he he's arguing that um, he's talking about how how Ares should have made shouldn't have made Bloodraven the hand he he should have made his dad the hand mm-hmm. but pe- yeah. but but he Ares is kind of a sorcery. Some people believe that Bloodraven used sorcery to become the hand. Could could be could have been yeah. But it's just interesting because this you go back there he's talking about how Bloodraven would betray the realm in the end, even yeah. though he always had good intentions, but. Kind of his his, yeah. his magic and stuff like that would mm-hmm. kind of ultimately get the best of him. Yeah, which may be what's happening now, um, where he's you know the, the three eyed crow and may it does that could you know is that is Bran going to be the one to kind of change even this idea yeah. of the three eyed crow because I believe Bran is stronger than than him. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It just it's one of those things that he puts in there real subtle, but it's like wait a second, you know weakness you know uh betrayal right those things that we that he's associating with bastards wow yeah because the difference between a world of ice and fire and the duncan egg series is that gur kind of like oversaw world Mm -hmm. of ice and fire yeah where he wrote these yes he did so there's a big difference between yeah yeah yep yeah so uh so even 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 in those books you got to take every line just like you do in the main series yeah yes you do yeah yeah Every word matters. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, man. That's really it's really interesting. I I want you to keep digging on that because <laughs> yeah. that is like I need to get back into that those that trilogy. Um, it's not it's not a trilogy, but it's the three books that are right. out now. Um, Night of the Seven Kingdoms because yeah, there, I feel like there's a lot. I feel like I would get a lot more out of it like the second or third time through. You know, yeah. So especially the second and third book because the first book doesn't really pertain a lot to like what's happening now. Yeah. Um, but the second and third book just cuz they talk about Blood Raven a lot and just they talk a lot more about dragons and yeah. um they talk about like Dunk uh Dunk is kind of talking about like you know if you play with dragons in the end you'll get burned, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is interesting because he yeah, may oh, die yeah. at Summerhall. Right. Yeah. Um and just that kind of that you know that kind of that kind of stuff too. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's honestly good because uh, that so does that does that mean that like that that could be a line that could later imply that John and Daenerys and whoever the other third head of the dragon are, yeah, you know, could die. I don't know. Right. Yeah, for sure. 
I think I think that's a good place to kind of like uh, leave us because like right. we're weren't we in that chapter this week? We're in. Um, are we in Jahari's first? We're in Egg in the fifth. We're in we're, Egg. We're in Egg. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a lengthy discussion because the World of Ice and Fire chapter has a lot, but there's oh, yeah. so much to pull from. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like, like it's yeah, it's so, yeah. so we we'll be talking about his reign, but you you'll hear you us. Have, you have to talk about his his rise. First. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it's very interesting. So we'll spend a significant portion of this week's uh, upcoming show on Monday uh, talking about Mace egg. It's gonna be huge. Yeah, and and all that good stuff. So we even get into a little bit of uh, summer hall discussion. Yeah, which will always teeter around because uh, there's not much there, but we'll definitely give yeah. it a go. So yeah. you know, um, all right. Though, any other last thoughts on like these this Lightbringer stuff? I mean, I think it's all really fascinating. We had the traditional conversations. Right. We had a, a, a very neat. Um, you know, uh, right. take Unfor- on it from uh, unfortunately until we get the next until we get Winds of Winter or season eight. Our yeah. only hope is there's something that we can pull from in Fire and Blood when it comes out later this year. Yeah, and I don't think there. And you see, if this were Fire, if they'll say we're getting the second volume, yeah. possibly that's when the the, the conversation seemed to uh, you know start right uh, about the three heads and Prince that was promised and all that good stuff. So. You know, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested here if there, if anybody has any corrections, you know, t- today or things they want to add. I'm sure there's tons. Uh, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, s- send us uh, a raven for sure, and we'll try to bring some of those up quickly. You know, next Friday, just to kind of, yep. you know, uh, go from there. So, wow. All right, man. All We've right, been all over the place. Uh, it's 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 fantastic. I love it. Uh, thank you guys uh, for sending the ravens in. Uh, huge shout out again to. You know, um, Hunter and uh, Sam yeah. Hammer, and, and there's uh, and there's even we even have one, but we just don't have time to get to today, unfortunately. Yeah, I'll have to say the the ghost definitely wrote us today, but uh, looking at the time, we we have the ghost, and we even have another one that just came in. You know yeah. that we're gonna have to. And we have another Adam Parker one that is enormous about dragons, right? And yeah. Oh, uh, Bradley Mercer, as who I wanted to mention, is sent in uh, the, the first uh, Raven we were discussing there for, yeah. for a little okay, bit. Okay, gotcha. So. Yeah, huge shout out to him. Appreciate that. And if you, like I said, if you've been listening and and we said this last week, and you've uh, been w- wondering whether you should send in a raven, you should absolutely. You should send it in to btkcast at gmail dot com, and uh, we'll discuss it. We'll look it over, and mm-hmm. uh, they seem to follow a, a trend, a theme. Yep. So we'll try to kick that off again this Monday, and maybe pick a topic. Yep. Uh, going forward, for you to write us about. So absolutely. So. Well, I guess uh, time to sign off here, Sir Ezra. Yep. Um, in the words of. Uh, no, we got to get to trivia. People oh, probably thought I forgot it. My, I yeah. forgot. Hey, let me tell you who forgot over here. I forgot about trivia. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Should we just wait? Uh, let's wait. No, we're yeah, at, yeah. We're at the end. We got to get yeah. it. All right. Real simple this week. Uh, who knights Gendry? Yeah. Who says the words? Only yeah. a knight can make a knight. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, actually, I think a lord can, but a knight can make a knight. Yeah. Huh. So, who knights Gendry? Yeah. So, all right. Well, guys, that is our trivia for this week. And I believe uh, Sir Robbie of Newcastle is out. So, good luck to whoever's (laughs) whoever's up. (laughs) Yeah, whoever. All those other people who normally hit us up super early. Maybe we'll publish this episode at 7. Maybe. Give them, a, give them a chance. We'll see. Well, here's the thing. If I can even given get your, episode, given your upload, Given your upload time here, too. I've, <laughs> yeah, I've had some trouble uploading these things because I'm back on 10 megabytes a second over yeah, here. Like, so i got to fix that. That's okay. Um, all right, guys. In the words of House Ashford, our sun shines bright.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.